Uh, yeah. Last broadcast day of 2023. And just so you guys know, I haven't even really started. I, I mean, up to this point, I haven't really been extending yet. I, you can't imagine what's coming next year. I'm going to go, wow. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. If that kind of thing is your cup of tea, uh, go ahead and shut that one down there, Maestro. Uh, not since Archduke Franz Ferdinand was assassinated in 1914 has a politically motivated action of one individual threatened to plunge an entire nation into strife as it was with Shanna Bellows of Maine, to keep Donald Trump off the state's primary ballot. Now, here's the thing to understand about Donald Trump's path to re-election in 2024. He has to hold the red states he won in 2020, which he should do with ease, and then he has to win the swing states of Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. That outcome would result with him receiving 270 electoral votes, and that's what he needs to have to regain the presidency. So the push to remove Trump from state ballots is irrelevant. He's not going to be removed by any red states. And there's no signs he will be removed from the aforementioned swing states. And even if every blue state were to keep him off the ballot, the scenario laid out above would remain not just possible, but likely with one exception, and that is the state of Maine. Unlike most states, which apportion their electoral votes on a winner-take-all basis, they divide four electoral votes by congressional districts. And in 2020, Biden won three, while Trump managed to win one for the more rural conservative region of the state. So let's assume that the election plays out in the highly likely possible manner as suggested, with the caveat that Trump is not on the ballot in Maine. That means he will lose one of the votes he held in 2020, bringing his electoral vote count to 269 one vote short of the number needed to win. The result will be an electoral college tie, meaning the election will be thrown to the House of Representatives to decide. That's not ideal because it would have to be the House of Representatives as it sits right this minute. <laughs> and uh, by virtue of the fact that the vote in the House will be taken by congressional delegations. The GOP's advantage is only a single delegation. If you think Democrats will accept that, then you haven't been paying attention to what's been going on around here for the past eight years. Biden could go into that House election with a massive lead in the national vote total, not only due to the voting imbalance in the condensed urbanized areas like California and New York, but by virtue of the fact that the other blue states could keep him off the ballot. So this time, realistically thinking, if this scenario were to play out, then he gets 10 million more popular votes nationally than Donald Trump, and then the case would be made that he rightfully deserves to be elected. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking euphemistically. The post-election 2016 riots, the George Floyd riots, that will seem like child's play. They will resort to maximum pressure, including violence, because that's what they always do, knowing that whatever happens, no one's going to prosecute them. Cities will burn. Republican members in blue states will have their lights threatened. Just ask Steve Scalise and Brett Kavanaugh about that one. The media will make excuses for all of the rioters while pushing the narrative Trump should not be made president again. 
Democrat mob will dox electors and congressmen at the drop of a hat if they think those people can be intimidated into changing their votes, and they will wave away any violence that might take place in the effort to intimidate people who still believe in the rule of law. Now, we will have the choice, then, of fighting back with force or surrendering to the mob. Uh, I can already tell you where I'm going with mine, okay? I can already tell you where I'm going with mine. One thing I've always thought, I've seen in my mind's eye, I could see... Like when Brett Kavanaugh was being threatened, what if a bunch of veterans had volunteered to just stand vigil and make sure he was okay? And they were strapped. What about that? But if the spineless members of the GOP did in fact give in to the Democrat demands and put Biden into office, that would set off another chain reaction amongst Republican voters who are not going to abide by this abdication of duty. And this would result, and I'm going to be nice about this, this would result in a massive restructuring of the country in a way that is not even comprehensible. And it's almost impossible to imagine a scenario where the Republicans, as weak as they are, would accept this, leading to an intractable divide in our nation. Now, and I'm making this argument, and other people are making this argument. The, the Supreme Court is going to step in, and Trump's name is going to be placed on the ballot in every state. But what if they didn't? And it's a very low percentage point that they do not, but nonetheless, it is a real one. They declined to intervene in any of the post-2020 election lawsuits, including ones brought by multiple states. So there's no reason that, that, to you know just think, oh, well, by default, they're going to take action in this one. And if they don't, and Donald Trump is denied that one vote in Maine because of a unilateral decision of Democrat partisan Shanna Bellows that he engaged in an attempt to overthrow the U.S. government consisting of 2.7 million employees, then we're going to face a nightmare scenario that will permanently tear the country apart. It will never be the same. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not an if. That's just a win. This is all... All of these things I'm I'm telling you, it, this is not me forecasting. This is me reading. This is me looking at and making an analysis based upon what I see in front of me. So, and that's the other thing. This is a good question on the, on the text line. Somebody saying, "Well, will Brett Kavanaugh accept that kind of protection of citizens?" Well, it's going to come down to the point to where it's not going to matter whether they would accept it or not. They're going to, uh, what's, what's going to happen is they're going to, uh, when all this begins to unfurl, right? <laughs> As we begin to restructure, um, there's going to be some things that are going to happen that on the, on the left side, especially on the, uh, on the, uh, on the Z, Z part of those guys, uh, this is going to be so shocking for them. They're just not going to know what to do. I'm being asked if there's a write-in vote. Uh, of course, there's a write-in vote. There will always be a write-in vote. Or, or let me rephrase that. There's supposed to be. But then again, there's also, uh, you know, states don't get to play with the 14th Amendment. All of the Bill of Rights, those are all meant to keep the feds at bay. But at the same time, the states don't get to employ certain th parts of it, like the 14th Amendment that was brought into play to keep states from taking people's rights. 
So, 2024 is going to be tumultuous at best. Probably going to be pretty rocky. And I simply say this to you. There's more people like you out there than there are the other people. They're just in big clumps together. They do know how to do one thing that we haven't mastered just yet. They know how to work together. So we're going to have to really learn this fast. I know how to work together with anybody, as does any veteran out there. Everybody, what do you mean, Bill? What do you mean? So here's the deal. So like in the event that something happens and a bunch of veterans get together to try to do their part, they're going to be looking to the guy that held the highest rank when he was in service, and that guy's in charge. And we're going to expect everything that just happened, everything that's going on, we're going to expect to have a dissemination of information, all the other things that we are used to working with. We're going to get that. We're going to go out. We're going to operate. We're going to come back. Very simple thing. We know how to work together. We know how to get a common goal, look at the mission, say this is what we're this is our objective, off we go. We go achieve it, we come back, we have a stake. That's the way it works. So if we could just actually just employ that, oh, say on the entire Republican side, we'd do very well. But you know, we've got to get those rhinos to, you know, get them to uh Pull them back to heel and get them to understand that, okay, look, this is a, rep a republic representative sort of form of government. If you're not representing us, you're out. You're out. Okay? This is part of the restructuring. You're out. No, you don't get to finish your term. You're out. We're restructuring. You're out. <laughs> uh, have you heard about this? This is a... Uh, at work, they have two or three things that are going on at work right now that is amazing that people still hold on to a job. And uh, it's stuff like coffee badging and acting your wage. That was so intriguing to me, I had to look into that. And now you too must look into it with me. So that when we get back, this is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 Gosh, I went blank there for a second. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page at the current moment. Quit, uh, quiet quitting at work, coffee badging, acting your way. Jeez, these are all buzz phrases from mostly millennials. Um, they're tired and burnt out. And they're having trouble with the pressures of life to include work. <laughs> and uh, acting your wage, which is something they do, could backfire for some of these. And, you know, that might be good, but we'll get to that in a minute. This is not of all millennials, of course, to be sure. But we're not shocked these trends are born out of the circles of millennials. We got the quiet quitting, which was the per pure resignation of not showing up and not trying. Then there's coffee badging, where one shows up to work, grabs a coffee, stands around and chats up co-workers a bit, and then all of a sudden develops Ebola and goes home. Then there's acting your wage, a trend that became popular after a Refinery29 article and a 29-year-old content creator, Sarai Soto, took to TikTok to talk toxic workplaces. 
And it was a bit exaggerated what uh, Sarai had to say, but any reasonable boss knows that asking a person to work through their lunch is illegal. They were complaining about being asked that, but they would not, and they're not going to bother their, his or her employees on their day off for the most part. But the issue with this act your wage in the real workplace and not TikTok is that workers do the bare minimum as they see fit for their jobs and not what may be listed in their job description. Now, so they expect more, though, from, uh, and we're not talking minimum wage jobs here. Most millennials make far more than minimum wage in any workplace with, and, you know, they got leave entitlements and decent benefits. And these quiet quitters, the coffee energy drink badgers, expect you, as the boss, to understand the days they come to work and are just not feeling it. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm laughing. I used to work for Pet Dairy, right? And you've seen you've seen that milk, right? And uh, in the day in the '90s, Pet Dairy had they had we had routes everywhere, and they were gigantic. And I remember one morning that I had uh, I had a route, and I had food poisoning. And I mean, you can everything you every possible. And I'm not going to say it out loud, but you know what food poisoning does to you. I had it. Everything that possibly happens with food poisoning was happening with me. And I, in the middle of the night, it was happening with me. And I had to be up at oh dark 30 and get out there and run that stupid route anyway. And I went and I did it. And trust me, I wasn't feeling it that morning, but I was expected to do it. I was obligated to do it because I had taken the job. Me not showing up meant that somebody else was going to have to do it. And there, there is the problem right there. When you expect the, your coworkers to pick up the slack when you leave in the middle of the day after making up some excuse, but it's really just because they're not feeling it, then they continue with uh, patterns of excuses and absenteeism. And when you do address it, as any supervisor should, because that's what you're paid to do, they accuse you of not having grace and empathy. That's actually been said. They burn their leave entitlements down to non-existent numbers, another matter you need to address as a boss, and promise to improve, but something in their mind tells them they're not getting paid a certain amount of money, so they will only work what they're worth. And this is the thing. This is the thing about any job you have, children. When they hire you for a job, right, what happens is that... You know, you accept it. And when you accept it, whatever whatever goes along with that, like getting up in the middle of the night, getting out on a milk route at 3 a.m., while you're in the middle of every bad thing that goes along with food poisoning and running the stupid route, I accepted that. But not today. Now they ignore the policies put in place. And when you call them on it, they ask for explanations of why this is a policy in the first place and say that someone once told them a good boss can explain a, po a, a, a policy and a bad boss can't. They keep putting this, you know, the spotlights on them. They keep shining it back at you. They pine for your job and bemoan that not everyone sees their genius. The problem young people, is that if you decide to act your wage, this is an easy way to get left behind. Those that refuse to do more than the bare minimum, they're not going to get opportunities placed in front of them 
the same kind of opportunities that somebody that has a little initiative and drive is going to get. And when you are part of a team, right, which most people work within a group or a department or a team, um, sometimes you have to stretch out your job description beyond what is called for if you really want to move up. If you don't want to, then keep acting your wage and you'll just stay there for the rest of your life doing the same thing. Now, some of this stuff is not just confined to millennials, to be sure. But our culture has changed in a way. Our culture has changed in a way. Um, it's a lot of, it's like a lot of people are throwing up their hands and saying, it's not my job. And now what happens? You, you make a phone call and it goes to, uh, it, it goes to uh, vo voicemail. Voicemail is the bane of my existence. Or they have uh, they have uh, automated answering services, and then there's always the it's above my pay grade excuse all too often to not even use their brains, and they won't even tell you whose pay grade your problem belongs to. Now, I recognize that everybody in every job needs a moment to cleanse their mental palate. And I know from various jobs I've had that I've had unreasonable demands put in front of me by my bosses. And uh, I have always stood up to those. I've been on the other side of a boss that demanded that I work even if I... Even if it, was, if it was preferable to me at the moment that I just simply die, you know. And I, I decided not to be that boss when I became one. But one of the things that bosses do is they listen to their employees and they, they react. And there's going to be the motivated go-getters and then there's going to be the people that are trying to do the very bare minimum coffee badging quiet quitters who act their wage and... uh they're not going to lift an extra hand to help help out with anything that's going on. And then we all sit back and say, why on earth is the United States falling behind all of these other industrialized countries in every category? How come we're not competitive anymore? There you have it. We're not competitive because we're not competing. Here's another route, man. Bill, I used to run a bread route. When I had the flu, I got a bottle of Dayquil and took a swig every three or four stops and got it done. Veterans find a way. <laughs> what bread company you work for, brother? That's the thing. All of you know, whenever you see a route truck out there, that's a tough individual you're looking at. That guy's out there. He's probably riding around in a truck that doesn't have any heat or any air conditioning. He's working minimum 12 hours a day. Sometimes they got to have a CDL. I don't even know what that process is like. Those guys get out there and uh, they're not going to be acting their wage. They're not going to be uh, coffee badging. They don't have time. They have to perform. And that's the thing. That's the thing about all work. It, it's all performance-based nowadays. And we're not doing it. We're not performing anymore. I, I don't understand it at all. <sighs> I don't understand any of that at all. When we get back... We're going to talk about this young lady. She did what she thought she had to do, and she's getting kicked out of her home for doing it. Yeah. 
This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, you try to do the right thing, you try to take care of your family, and then this happens. <laughs> GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am very much for every person in the United States, every law-abiding person in the United States to be armed for a reason. Because right now your government is promoting criminality as a virtue. And you, your legislative chambers in certain places are uh, they're against you. you got Soros-bought district attorneys around the country. Lot, nothing moral going on out there. Enter Aaliyah Wallace, a young single mother in Fort Worth, Texas. She lived in a place. She, you know, she was running a place. Young, young lady. She doesn't own anything yet. Single mom. Single black lady, by the way. The fastest growing component of gun ownership in the United States. She fatally shot an intruder she caught attempting to come through the window of her young daughter's room in the early mornings or the early hours of the morning. Now, the guy breaking in turned out to be a 14-year-old boy who lived in the same complex, but this young lady did not know that. And from the New York Post, she said, I have four daughters. It's just me and my four daughters that stay here. I was protecting my daughters. And she said she was devastated. He was 14, but I had to think about my babies. I didn't, I didn't know he was 14 when he was on the other side of that window. All I knew was that somebody could come in and hurt me or my kids, and that's it. And that's all you got to know, really. You know, it doesn't have to get too much more complicated than that. However, this incident, to add a little context to this, this occurred after a string of attempted break-ins. A complaint that Wallace had raised with her landlord. And this one happened not long after police left Wallace's home after responding to her 911 call about someone trying to break into her duplex. I called them at 1.22 a.m. She talked for like 20 minutes. They did a report, took pictures of everything, and then they left. She had had four attempted burglaries before the last incident. So at 1.22 a.m., she's talking to the cops, and then at 3 a.m., she's having to call the cops again, except this time she shot an intruder. She did purchase her firearm legally. She broke no laws. But the problem is is that she has an anti-gum slum ward running her subsidized housing unit, and uh, he has issued her an eviction notice. Now, this does have a happy ending. Wallace uh, started a crowdfunding campaign to raise money for a new home, and that far exceeded her goal. And Aaliyah Wallace didn't do anything wrong. She did exactly what any good mother should do. She protected her children. She has four little girls, nine, eight, four, and two, who would have been at the mercy of whoever was climbing through that window was it not for that equalizer in her hand. And what hope does she have against a man of any age? You know, we've all talked about, well, you know, the... Uh, the women's pro soccer team lost to a bunch of 15-year-old boys. Well, yeah, that's that's it. You can get out there and say, there's no difference between men and women. Let's go hand-to-hand, -hand, and you keep telling me that, okay? 
What's interesting, though, about this is the change that is coming around here. Because the black community stepped up and saved Aaliyah Wallace on this one. They're the ones that were given the money. How much, how much does this issue speak to the black American community now? How could it not? They are the demographic most affected by the lawlessness pushed on the by on us by the Democrat Party, the globalist left, and the useful idiot voter class. Where was Black Lives Matter? Where are, were all those guys that marched for George Floyd? Where did they go? I guess being a career criminal with a long and violent rap sheet, allegedly trying to pass off counterfeit money while being high on drugs and dying in the process, will earn you the exalted status of martyred victim. Makes you a civil rights hero. While being a single mother legally protecting the lives of herself and her four young daughters during a home invasion will get you homelessness and potential criminal charges. We are inverted right now. We are absolutely... Oh, there we go. Guns are for the weak-minded. Okay. See, do, do you see that, Maestro? Do you see that text right there? See, I, I, my, my question to the texture would be, what if guns are for the weak-minded, then why do the military and law enforcement have them? Oh, because they're tools, right? They're, they're, they're tools to keep order and for peace. That's what they are. Guns are not for the weak-minded. I don't know where you're at with that area code of yours and everything else, but that's, you know, you can say that all you like, but that's not the truth. 8,200 times a day. If you're, if you're in my locale, you get the benefit of living somewhere where people carry guns, and you don't have to because they're just wondering if somebody else with you is. So, anyway, I just saw that. I, that. That's such a miscarriage of justice to get out there and go after her for that. What was she supposed to do? Right? Did you just pop up on there, Mike? What's up? Yeah, it's a, a Georgia area code. Oh, okay. Well, that's certainly not the uh, thing. Well, uh, now I'm being told they need shooter's insurance on there as well. No, you don't. You don't actually need that because in, uh, in, in a... Like in a castle doctrine state like South Carolina, if you're in your home, you have no duty to retreat. So by law, you don't need that. It might help to have it in certain circumstances, but it's not. Uh... Yeah, that's right. The weak-minded broke into the window. That's what happened. It's not about the gun. That's the only thing she had. That's the only thing she could do. And I hope she found herself a nice place, and I hope she checked into it a little deeper this time to, uh, to make sure that... Uh, she didn't have some stupidity going on there. I looked at some of the uh, comments on this one, and there's a lot of people that go into these housing areas and these uh, apartment areas where they say no guns allowed. How do you enforce that? I guess if they if they actually defend themselves, or then uh, once that then they get evicted like this this young lady did. <laughs> I will say this, uh, and I, you know, before we go into, for me, 2023 has been a year of triumph. Uh, it culminates the eight year quest I had to get a show here. So it's quite the, uh, 
it is quite the uh, the honor to uh, be with you and to work you know work with you and talk to you and get get your thoughts on it as well. So I'm, I'm having a very good time doing that. So as 2023 fades into the background, I uh, for me this has been a very very good year. It, it, it's there's been other things that have gone on in the background that you're just not aware of and you're not going to be aware of because I'm not going to tell you. But uh, it has worked out pretty good for me. And um, But what we're going to do when we get back is we're going to look at 2023 in the rear view. I'm going to tell you what I liked. I'm going to tell you what I didn't like. Some of the most, I mean, some of it's just ironic that it's actually happening here. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Twenty twenty three in the rearview mirror. A couple of things I saw happen, like Maxim magazine. I used to read Maxim magazine all the time. They have actually named a biological male to their hottest one hundred women list, and a transgender professor is going to teach a course on Taylor Swift at Harvard. For all of you looking for a higher education for your children. Speaking of schools, big universities are over. After you listen to the testimony of those three college presidents. Megan Rapinoe calls playing for the U.S. team the worst job in the world. It wasn't a job, you dimwit. It was a privilege that paid well. The racist award goes to Boston's Mayor Michelle Wu. Wu invited only city council members of color, then excluded whites to her year-end holiday party. Racial equity is becoming what it was bound to become, the return of racial segregation. Metaphors of the year. The White House Christmas tree toppling over was followed by Jill Biden's Christmas video that resembled the nutcracker on crack. In the you know one and they vote category, an ABC News Ipsos poll says more than 75% believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. Only 25% believe the opposite and admittedly you know at least one of them. (laughs) Time travel. Paul McCartney released the Beatles' final song, Now and Then. And the next day, the Rolling Stones' latest album topped the charts. And when we turned the clocks back in November, just how far back did we go? The most flamboyant opening was the Las Vegas Golden Knights. They won the NHL Stanley Cup banner. No pads or helmet needed. By 2027, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell's career earnings will be more than double what any player has ever made in the history of the NFL. Snake bit category. The New York Jets' Aaron Rodgers era ended after just four plays when he ruptured his left Achilles tendon. He's still collecting his $31 million salary. Only Judge Judy gets paid more to sit on the bench. The most notorious envoy? Well, that would be Dylan Mulvaney. He rivals the late Lion of the Senate, Ted Kennedy's, as alcohol's most infamous spokesperson. Then there's the Charlatan Cup. The Democrats ridiculed Senator John Kennedy for reading pornographic material in a Senate hearing. But these are the same books Democrats won in public schools. The best sign out there in 2023, pedaling on two wheels, a bed and breakfast caught uh, my attention. We do not provide Wi-Fi, so pretend like it's 1980. 
the worst trade. The Biden administration released billions of dollars in sanctioned Iranian funds for the release of five wrongfully held U.S. hostages, which just means that the kidnap business is going to be rocking pretty soon. It's booming. Booming! Best wishes for 2024. It's going to be tumultuous. Joe Biden, as we go out the door, one of the things about Joe Biden is that he has something in in common with President Buchanan. He was the last president before Lincoln. He was the one that would not confront the evil of slavery. He sat in the mansion doing nothing. And Biden now has a mandate to solve difficult problems like illegal, illegal immigration and racial animus. But he's made all those things worse, just like Buchanan did with the slave issue. The Biden administration says there's no crisis at the border. And in Biden's clattered mind, of course, there isn't. Like Buchanan, Biden's not going to try to confront the problem. Buchanan was a dangerous incompetent whose apathy led to the massive death and destruction of the Civil War. So is Biden. Biden is so far underwater as far as uh, his likability. And America in the Joe Biden era is going to hell. Violent crime is exploding all across the U.S. You you have shoplifting is destroying businesses in the blue Democrat cities like San Francisco. And, you know, Kamala Harris has been out there trying to defund the police. How about we start with Kamala's security detail? They, they all look at Trump as an authoritarian dictator, and yet look at them. Right now, Biden's Justice Department is attempting to imprison the chief Republican political rival before the 2024 election. Biden promised his, his administration would be the most open and transparent in history, but his automaton, Corinne Jean-Pierre, regularly insults the intelligence of the American people by refusing to answer questions because you peasants don't deserve any answers, yo. He's always paying off Iran, Iran, Iran. I, I would like to have Iran's debit card because, I mean, it's always being refilled. And those 74, 75 million of us that voted for Trump, we're always dismissed as being extremists. They make him out to be like a really nice grandpa, but, I mean, Biden engages in very disturbing behavior around children, and especially little girls touching him and sniffing him and everything else. He he ignores Supreme Court rulings. He speaks gibberish, and he has to be led around like a baby. So whatever his strategy is going to be coming into the election, it's going to have to be outrageous. It's going to have to be Orwellian. So I have to come up that Trump is Hitler, more precisely that Trump is Hitler and a fascist too. And, and uh, that guy smelling your daughter's hair, he's just a nice old grandpa who's the most transparent president in the history of the U.S. Happy New Year. You're listening to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 